Welcome to Broadcast Media, the inside track, brought to you by Ancast. And here's your host, Ben Anker. And uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. We've got another great guest on this week. This is Michael Cosmides. He's a freelance journalist and producer, and he's also the uh, course director of journalism at London South Bank University. Welcome, Michael. Hey, nice to Ben. Yeah, great to have you on. First and foremost, it'd be really good for you to you know, tell the audience where you started off and what you did to get into the broadcast media industry. I started a bit sort of on, on a tangent in terms of journalism. I'm Greek, as you maybe can tell from my accent. <laughs> so I started in Greece studying film and TV, and I started, in fact, as a film and TV director and producer, uh, but mainly in documentaries. I was always sort of very much interested in the politics and obviously documentaries is one of the factual stories, one of the factual programs. So I got a good sort of, if you like, background in researching, in understanding how things work, in making a point. And eventually, to cut a long story short, there was an opportunity at the BBC World Service at the time, that's about 30 years ago now, 1990, if I remember correctly, uh, to which I applied for the radio. I also had done a bit of radio because I love radio as uh, as a medium, really. I mean, probably if you ask me a bit more than TV. I find it very visual, as many people say, because it really makes your, your you know, your brain create the images that you see. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went with, I joined the BBC and uh, stayed with them for a very long time, uh, for about 15 years. I worked with the Greek service. I covered lots of EU summits. At the time, they were still relevant before Brexit. I covered uh, quite a few of big events like the G8 summit in Genoa in 2001, which was a very big and troublesome uh, sort of a story with protests when actually one Italian protester was killed as well by the police. Uh, in 2003, I covered as war correspondent the Iraq war, uh, initially from Turkey and then uh, through Kuwait into Baghdad. And lots of other stuff that's extremely interesting, you know, and varied, focusing primarily in the international uh, news and current affairs industry area, if you like, sector of our work. Uh, then I became a correspondent for some Greek media, which probably you don't know their names, Greek TV stations and radio stations. And I was for a while vice president for the Foreign Press Association here in London. After that, I returned to Greece, where I covered basically the years of the early years of the big economic crisis. Again, lots of protests, lots of tear gas. Yeah. Uh, very interesting times. I worked at that time with the with the BBC ITV as a fixer. I also worked with the Press TV, the Iranian one, and quite a few others. And returned back, and I produced and edited the breakfast show for a radio station that was new at the time. Share Radio, which was business and finance, uh, which was a new area for me. Basically, eventually after that, gradually, a friend actually gave me the idea and said, why don't you just do something in the university, maybe, you know, with that experience you can teach. And I mailed uh, to some universities, like, because I was just coming from, you know, the Greek crisis, maybe you would like something to do about Greece and someone to come and talk to you about what's it all about. Grexit, as we were calling it at the time. And the response was, well, we don't want that, but we saw your CV because you've got quite a bit of an experience in, uh, I've got experience in print, in TV, on radio, you know, across media, online. I was in BBC News online in the beginning when it started. 
And why don't you come and teach multimedia journalism? And that's how it started. Then gradually it started gaining more and more of my time until eventually I became, you know, from going there a few hours a week, I became now the course director. The Going back to the question of how do you get in the industry, for me, there are a couple of things that one should keep in their minds. And, and uh, I've seen them as I experienced them myself. The first yeah. thing is that you need to go for things. I mean, if you think you can do a job, go for it. If somebody is going to say, no, you're not good enough, we don't want you, you don't have the experience, you don't have the knowledge or anything, let them say it. You don't have to answer yourself and say, well, you know that I'm not that good in that. The second thing is be honest. When I joined the BBC, uh, I didn't have any journalistic experience as such, obviously, because I was doing something completely different. But I mentioned that, you know what, I've been doing documentaries, I know how to treat facts, I know how to, you know, to corroborate uh, facts and everything. And I am interested in politics, so that can bring me, you know, into your world. And this is the way I can also help you because I've got this experience that can do X, Y, Z on the radio programs they were having at the day. And that obviously worked because I was invited into the interview and the tests they were having at the time and so on and moved on. The yeah. last bit, which I tell very much to my students, because quite often uh, young people tend to start a bit from, you know, oh my God, this is what I want to do, or I'm panicking because I don't know what I want to do. It doesn't matter what you want to do. You do whatever you want. I mean, for me, this is the best job in the world, and I don't know how, you, how much you agree. It's a job that you can really do anything you want. If you are interested in something, you can just do it. If you want to get into depth in a specific area, business journalism. Focus on that, become a business journalist, grow into it and everything. If you are a bit like me who tends to get bored quite easily, you can just move around. If you are like me that gets bored a bit quite easily, as I said, yeah. every day is very different, very challenging. There are new challenges, new stuff coming in that really, you know, holds your interest. And as long as you manage to get this sense of processing all the information that you get and reading a lot, studying a lot, understanding what it is the new area that you're moving in, anytime you feel tired from one area, you can move from the to, to another. It's sort of like feeling your way through the industry and, and you know, trying different fields and different disciplines and seeing what suits your personal work style and, you know, what makes you uh, feel like what you're doing is you're, you're thoroughly enjoying it and you're not s simply laboring over something, you know? That's the main thing. I mean, work takes an amazing lot of our living time, of, of our lifetime, really, the, the time we spend. I mean, if it's a nine to five, which journalism it's not, journalism is a, is, a, is a lifestyle, is a way of living. It's not a nine to five job. But even if you see it as a nine to five, it's eight hours of your day nearly every day. You have yeah. to enjoy it. If you go there and you really are, you know, just hate it, then probably you need, if possible, to find something else as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. If I just go back to what you said about going to many things, for me, it's very important, particularly if you're starting early, even from school, before university or any kind of uh, anything else, try to get as much experience of at least a sense of everything around. From technical stuff, how can I edit a video? What does a reporter do? What does a fixer do? What does a presenter You know, all these things that will give you a sense of the whole world, this wonderful world of, of, of the newsroom and, and, the, and the news media, if you like, the camera person, whatever, uh, floor manager. Try to get a sense of all those 
because you will find yourself definitely in one of these roles that you will eventually say, okay, that I like now and I can move towards that way. Yeah, it's more likely a lot of people find their ideal role and it's only by exploring the industry that you'll go out and, and, and find it. So you've made the move into sort of lecturing and, and being a course director. Do you um, bring all that in industry experience to your sort of students and maybe cite real life examples of, of your work and bring it to the to, to the curriculum? I mean, definitely very much so. Well, in fact, my colleagues, the other lecturers as well, are, are either recent sort of journalists that moved into academia like, like myself or still journalists who are still working. Uh, and that's very important because whatever you may say of something that happened, I mean, just imagine the media industry, remember how it was, let's say, 20 years ago. It's a completely different environment. Yeah. Any experience I had in that environment, it's still valuable, but it's a bit more historic than current for a student to really get something uh, good for them, something that is valuable to them in terms of getting a new job. You need to be current all the time and you need to bring that experience and make it current. Uh, I give, obviously, lots of examples. Yeah. And from my experience, I invite other journalists to come every now and then and speak about their own experiences, about their, their, own, their own stuff, you know, how that works. Because that's great, actually, living experience yeah. for uh, the student and good information. And in fact, the, the, the feedback we've got from the students is these are the parts that they, they really love. We try to incorporate it in the course. The We had the other day, I mean, with we support a lot local uh, newspapers and local media because as, as we know, they are really under threat, uh, especially in the, in the current circumstances. We had, for example, the editor of uh, South London News join us and do a kind of a masterclass with bringing also his own experience for, you know, from what he does every day, which was so incredibly valuable for the students. They, they really loved it. We give them the opportunity of getting placements and writing articles with their own bylines from, from year one, really, uh, in local posts like Southwark News, which again is one of our other local uh, media, local and into the university, to the London South Bank University. Uh, and it's very important to bring this current sense of the job to students because for me, and that's something that I tell them from, from day one, you don't have to consider yourself a student. You have to consider yourself a journalist. And that's the, the only way forward, really, for me. A young person joining a university or just starting in the industry is a journalist. Simple as that. Maybe with not much of an experience. Fair enough. Not much of a knowledge. Fair enough. That will come. But if you start thinking as a journalist, then everything will start making sense. And then at the end of the day, coming back, if you like, to, to the example of the university and studies, you will not bother so much about what grade you're going to get. You will bother, you will want to get a good story. If, if, if it's a good story, well-written, newsworthy, it will get a good grade. To bother about, oh, ticking boxes, what exactly are you asking or anything? It doesn't matter. All, all we are asking, as you know, as a journalist, is a good story that is relevant to the, the, the audience, the, the viewers, the readers, whatever it is that you've got. Some things don't change like that, do they? Exactly, it's exactly the same. I think it's a difficult paradigm shift for many students, this particularly I've seen it in from, from school, if you like, and the A-levels and that, into university, because the focus there is so much on a very 
practical thing, tick the boxes, I want this to get that grade. The industry, as we know, is completely different. Uh, quite often I found that uh, students are afraid, scared of mistakes, of making an error. We've all made, I mean, bad errors, I'm sure you've done as well. Actually, coming back to my experience, one of the th some of the things that I'm saying to the students is the some of the big mistakes I've made myself. Big errors, I mean, journalistic errors. One of the worst was actually created nearly a diplomatic episode between three countries because I was doing it. Oh dear. It recovered and I recovered. You know, we are all going to do it. And okay, there are cases that are very extreme, but usually if you own your mistake, you understand what is going on, you, you quickly try to correct it, etc., then you survive it. And then you understand it and hopefully next time we're going to do at least a different mistake because things will go wrong and you will do mistakes. It's part of our job. Yeah, completely. I was just going to also just talk a little bit more. You said, you know, how things have have changed in the last 20 years. I think one of the biggest thing these days is is social media. And I guess everybody's personal brand is now sort of visible to literally everybody. Can we talk a little bit about how, you know, what's the impact of that? And, and what do these graduates and, and new entrants to broadcast need to think about in terms of this branding? I mean, the, the, the change is huge and we call it social media, but I think it's a bit of a, an old term by now. I think we need to start finding perhaps new terms to deal with it because social media is tends to be a bit historic, and it has changed somewhat from that. Uh, we called it citizen journalism for a while, but again, it moved away from that. You've got now people having their own blogs and actually some of them monetizing them. Uh, you've got people, influencers, in particularly in terms of lifestyle, that they have their own practically TV stations, YouTube stations in, in most cases, and so on. And that has a huge impact, first of all, on the students as they come in the course. The pronouns change. They are used into someone looking straight into a camera and saying, this is me, this is what I want, this is what I believe, this is, these are my views. And that, as you know, quite often in terms of the mainstream media, so to speak, where is the, is the, are the main jobs, is something that you need to change as an attitude. You need to understand how, you know, what kind of, how we write stories, if you like, and how we, we broadcast stories in that environment. If you want to do it yourself and you want to go the solo way, and it's impressive how many times I have in interviews with students that want to join the, the course, say that in 10 years' time, I would like to have my own TV station or my own newspaper or something like that, which shows you the attitude. If you go like that, then you need to start thinking a bit like a proper publisher, a proper broadcaster. Yeah. Think of monetization. So what am I going to do different than you are doing in your podcast so people will actually listen to it? and hopefully get advertisements or funding or whatever and be able to survive it. Uh, in terms, if you like, of, of teaching and actually we incorporate it now. And what I'm trying to do is try to take them from that experience that they know quite a lot actually when they are coming because it's the way, you know, they know news into what we do and work as we know it in mainstream media. Uh, that's one part. The... Other part has to do with understanding that media is changing. TikTok, for me, is, a, is one of the best examples recently. Uh, and that's it. Uh, five years ago, do you, anyone knew about TikTok? None at all. Ten years ago, did we know about uh, Vine? Yes, of course, we did. And at the time, it was the thing that probably will you know, be the big thing for the next 20 years. Well, it's not. 
And TikTok is going is doing amazingly now, and probably by the time they graduate, it will disappear for another platform that will come in. So what you need to do is to understand the languages of the platform, the audiences or the viewers of the platforms, and understand how you can tell your own story within this structured narrative that each platform that may come in the future works. From an editorial perspective, the changes are even, I mean, a momentous really. It's, it's first of all, the way a young generation consumes media. Usually on the question, where do you get your news from? How, how are you getting informed? It's going to be from things like uh, Snapchat or Instagram or something like that, rather than a newspaper. I mean, this is very old for them, or even a sort of a mainstream website, BBC News, Sky News, or something like this. Uh, so quite often they don't even know the language of this kind of mainstream media, which they need to be taught in order to be able, if they are interested eventually, which one assumes since they are studying journalism, uh, to work in. If you see it from the sense of, of the bubbles, information bubbles that are being created, this has been a huge, had a huge impact, and we've seen it even recently with the American elections and so on. We tend, there's a tendency for people to basically read and view and listen to things they like over and over again, things they agree with. So that creates all sorts of problems and issues in terms of how you can deal as a journalist with new information, particularly if it's something that is live and you're not entirely comfortable with. So expose to as yourself to as many views as possible, regardless of whether you agree or not. Try to tear them apart. You see what they are saying and say, well, it's wrong for that matter. But this has been a huge impact in the way it work. And there is also another way that I find uh, dangerous in some extent from a kind of a professional, uh, if you like, perspective. Because uh, the further we open that and the need to create this shareability, if you like, of everything that we publish so that it becomes viral if possible. It has created this kind of copy-paste mentality to quite a few of the publishers, uh, which means very quick working, very quick output, without too much thinking, without too much necessarily confirming of all sources and everything that needs to be uh, confirmed and then be, uh, be certain that it's, uh, it's true, hence fake news. Uh, but also it takes away resources from what we would call traditionally sort of more impactful, let me put it this way, journalism, yeah. which is very expensive, investigative journalism, for example, uh, reporting someone who is actually on the streets. They are not seeing the tweet or the Instagram post on the computer that somebody said, but they have actually somebody trained them, gave them the equipment, paid for the, for the journey and sent them somewhere to cover firsthand whatever is happening there. We are missing quite often uh, the tree in many of the new media. And of course, a journalist who is underpaid will tend eventually to just go very quickly, take the information that is coming in, whether it's coming from a PR source and you really just, you know, go with it, whether it's coming from some social medium that you don't need necessarily to fact check and so you just go with it. And that has huge repercussions in the output and the, the whole editorial environment we create as an industry. The underlying issue with all, you know, the huge impact we have and then the huge 
problem we see across the world of people not trusting much of the news, really. Just finally, I always like to sometimes look in the rearview mirror and sort of look back at the early uh, years of my career. So I'd like to ask you, Michael, if you could meet your 18-year-old self now, what would you tell yourself? Probably I would say get into journalism much earlier than that because I had, as I said, a career producing documentaries and directing documentaries for about 10 years before I got into journalism. I would probably say go for it and be braver, really. You know, trust yourself and say, yes, I can do it and go start doing it at whatever level it is. Uh, I think that would be the main, the main thing I, where, I, where I would tell myself about yeah. it and start which I did anyway, but do it even more. Start learning as much as you can from a huge breadth of issues, of, 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 of areas or anything. You, you never know how this amassed knowledge eventually becomes, you know, just comes out of thin air and you remember something and it really becomes important at that specific moment in time that you least expected because it's just something that you read or studied, I don't know, 20 years ago, or happen to be around. So expose yourself to information. I said in the beginning, journalism is a lifestyle. And for me, that lifestyle consists of a few things. First of all, the thirst, the hunger for the news, for being there, for seeing it. News, as has been said, is the history of today. We see history in front of our eyes. So you need to be thirsty for it. You need to, to, to want to see what is happening, what is behind it, what is hidden, why it's happening and just record it. That's, for me, the, the first thing. The other is to get as much information as you can about anything, because it's an information sponge, really. I mean, you say something and you're curious, curiosity. Why does this happen? Why did, what is that thing that I see? And then the, the bad part in, in some ways, which is, as I said, it's not a nine-to-five job. It's a job that really consumes your whole day. You have to be aware that sometimes, particularly in broadcasting, you may be working in, in, in really very harsh conditions, hostile environments, as I mentioned, very long hours during the G8 summit. I think I nearly didn't sleep for nearly three days. That was the whole summit and all the protests covering it. And I returned nearly dead and so we returned back home. And uh, it was very strange hours when I was producing the breakfast show. I was waking up every day at two o'clock in the morning because, of course, I had to be by three o'clock in the, in the station to set the whole things up and start broadcasting at six. But I know it sounds strange, but this has been some of my best experiences as a journalist. I mean, it's the ones I recall even now talking to you. If someone asks you, what have you done in your life? For me, these are the things that really stand out, the things that you really gave it all. They were utterly exhausting, but so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And our viewers could probably find more about your work and more information about you on your website. Um, that's cosmides.com. That's K-O-S-M-I-D-E-S dot com. All right, Michael? That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically, I've got some stuff that I've done there as a kind of a portfolio. As I said, I'm still working freelancing primarily now. Although my main job is a lecturer and the course director at the university, I still start by saying I'm a journalist, but mainly I'm now a course director. That's absolutely brilliant, Michael. I'd just like to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's going to be so useful for all the listeners and hope to speak to you again sometime. Thank you for having me. I hope to. Thanks for tuning in to Broadcast Media, the inside track. Subscribe for more real-life insights into the industry. And 
For more information, head to ancast.co.uk.